Hi, I'm Ian McAllister, and I've been having a gloom time. I'm Jamie Adams, and I'm all set for a Western bank heist. And I'm Sam Maggs, and I've recently exited the game. And this is Brainwaves, bringing you the best in tabletop gaming news. And these are the headlines for the week of October 14th, 2018. Store your seeds at the seed bank in Catan Crop Trust. Evil Dead 2 rises from the dead and Hasbro mock themselves in a line of self-parody board games. All this and more in this week's Brainwaves. Catan have announced their latest expansion. Catan Crop Trust sees a semi-co-op element introduced to the game, um, developed in part with Global Crop Diversity Trust, and it sees you collecting seeds to store at the World Seed Vault, which is held on Svalbard. Um, it's going to be going for an Essen launch. And actually, I think for a game that's 20 years old now, I think this is the right kind of direction to be going into. This actually looks really interesting to me. Yeah, it sounds quite cool. I, I mean, introducing a co-op element to Catan, um, adding a slightly educational bent to it, I'm all for that. That sounds pretty cool. I really like bringing it into... This almost feels like a pandemic expansion. Yeah, it definitely feels like they're trying to grab a little bit of that sort of, that, that sort of pandemic-y kind of feel to it. I'm all for co-op things. The seed vault on Svalbard has always been something that actually just interests me in general. I think it's a fantastic thing that exists yeah, in the world. And, hey, this sounds kind of cool. I'm up for this. I probably won't be picking it up because I sold my Catan collection a couple months back. After playing it a lot, I just didn't, hadn't got around to playing any games of it for about two to three years. I still kind of enjoy the game. I think it's things like this will bring a bit more new life into it, adding new mechanics, maybe something a bit more modern. Yeah, I mean, I, I play Catan a lot at university. It was like, it was the the, the game on the scene at the time. So yeah, I, I had a copy of that for ages. I've just recently sold mine because yeah, I just didn't play anymore. And I think I'd other things have come in now. I'd, I'd rather play things like Takenoko and things like that to Absolutely. introduce people to the hobby. But yeah, no, it's it's good to see it's still reinventing itself and still there for those who like it. Well, something that'll be welcome in the eyes of a lot of backers of Space Goat's Evil Dead 2 game is the news that Jasco Games have stepped in to hopefully give them a game in the end. Uh, what has recently happened is that Jasco Games have stepped in and scooped up the license for the Evil Dead 2 board game off Space Goat. And uh, although the backers of the original Space Goat campaign that we talked about a few casts ago where basically everything had started to fall apart it looked like no one was going to get anything they have they've scooped up the license from them and they are going to produce their own game under the evil dead 2 license but it's gonna be a different game from the the original one that space goat designed um and what they're going to do is for every copy of that they sell during the kickstarter they're going to give one of the backers of the original space goat campaign a copy which is very nice of them okay uh, but it is mm. going to be a completely different game just the same the same theme on top but it's going to be a different game and they also are working on uh, a couple of other licenses as well. There's no word on the Terminator that Space Goat also kickstarted to not great success. From a look around the comments section on that game a little while ago, it looks like there's some hope that they might step in and do that as well, but it's hard to tell at this stage exactly what is going on. Uh, it's just another one of these stories that is a warning to not entirely trust Kickstarters. Just be really cautious what you back, because you might not get your game in the end. I think it's predominantly because of your Kickstarters uh, when it's beloved intellectual properties. 
Yeah, I mean, I, IPs, yeah, they're bound to... As we've spoken about before. Yeah, they're bound to hook in a lot of people, and uh, I've, I've seen a lot of people say they backed both, and they're out of pocket on, on both games, on, on Terminator and Evil Dead 2, and it would be good to see them get something for their money in the end, and it's very nice for Jasco Games to try and do that. Hasbro, as we all know, owns a great deal of the intellectual properties of many board games. For example, the most famous is being Monopoly, which is a little board game I don't know if you've ever heard of before. Nah. No. But apparently, it seems that Hasbro's decided they're going to go for a slightly more cynical tone recently and have just released in America a series of board games that almost seem to be self-parodies of their own properties. The one that caught headlines most was the Game of Life Quarter Life Crisis, which plays like the Game of Life, but instead of starting off as lawyers, doctors, teachers, and ending up in a mansion, you're thrown into crippling financial debt dealing with relationships and making ends meet when shopping for food sounds like a barrel of laughs yeah no it does doesn't it other games in the series that they've uh, talked about are cluedo what happened last night which takes cluedo and combines it with the hangover oh good uh, that's the film series okay which is uh, basically going around las vegas to track down a member of a gang of friends who went missing during a weekend of shenanigans sure yeah exactly another one is botched operation i quite like the sound of that sorry not sorry uh sorry which is based off parcheesi but we don't really uh, have either of those games in the uk really do we We didn't have party we had frustration which is slightly similar sorry there's definitely there were definitely versions of sorry in the uk okay i i never played it so i I know. Um, mystery date catfish, which I think has got to be the one that is in the poorest taste out of all Ooh, of them. Yeah, yeah. It's just no. What's mystery date anyway? I don't know mystery date as a game. I think that's a US game as well. I, I think it was over here a little bit. Yeah, I I think it's gathering trait cards and who you're going to end up with for like the prom. I, I think it's one of the games you've seen. I've seen parodied a lot in like popular culture with like The Simpsons. Okay, but it's one I don't know about. Yeah, I think uh, it was very much yeah, aimed, Day- like, aimed at sort of like teenage girls originally. Potentially, uh, yeah, it's dating in the digital age. Basically, the game uh, sells itself. Uh, watch out, you might just get catfished through dating in the digital age picking swapping collecting trait cards and action cards you wade through a sea of weirdos as you search for love in the dubious world of online dating just no mm. it's like something you'd see it's like one of those like bad sort of cards against humanity knockoff kickstarters you'd see it's, oh yeah it's, yeah it's just it's, not it's an odd tone i don't think anyone expected those tones to be taken anyway and least of all by hasbro themselves but you know, if it's going to make them money, then why wouldn't they do it? I think that's it? what it is. I think it's them cashing on the fact that a lot more adults now are playing board games. Yeah, I And guess. it's maybe just getting in. Like, you know, there's a reason that these games are exclusive to Target. There's yeah. All of it is just a business decision. That's all this is, all it will ever be. And to be honest, I can see this being actually a big hit. Like I know. Oh yeah, the, don't get me wrong. The, I think I'll make the money. I just think it's incredibly taste some of it, especially the catfished one. Yeah, no, sure. The games came out in the US on the 1st of October. Right. And it. depending on how well they do, we might be seeing them in the UK very soon. Who knows? So we'll keep we'll keep we'll keep uh we'll keep you on Yeah, we'll, we'll keep we'll, you updated. We'll let you know that. where you cannot buy those things. Staying with a few more news articles now. CEX, the is it's com- is computer exchange is that what it's called? 
Com- Something like computer that. exchange. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm just gonna get this right. Don't want to get that wrong. We totally looked this up beforehand. Honestly. I can't. I keep forgetting that now everything we say is gonna be computer enter. Oh no! Complete entertainment exchange. Complete entertainment exchange. Okay. You just yes. call it CEX. That's what everyone else calls it. And oh. then just explain what yeah. it is. Continuing with some more news articles now. CEX, the Complete Entertainment Exchange line of shops across the UK. Kind of pawn shops in a sense for gaming products, electronics, computers, DVDs, CDs, all of that kind of thing. They've just announced that they're going to be selling and buying board games. Currently through their website it looks like they're trying to build up an inventory base at the moment. They've only got a few things they were able to buy but there's a lot of things listed that you can sell to them. For example an original copy Mint Condition Arkham Horror from 1987. They're going to give you £42 in cash or £60 in a game voucher. A game that maybe a lot more people might have to hand if you're looking at selling a few things and making a bit of money. Game of Thrones 2nd Edition. In mint condition, they're going to give you £18 in a good condition, which we gather just means it's been opened and played with. They're going to give you £15 for, um, and they're going to sell that for £32. It's an interesting move, I think. It's obviously them cashing in on the fact that board games are very big now. There's obviously a big second-hand market for board games. I think, as someone who's sold board games in the past second-hand, I'd still rather stick to the kind of tried and tested, throw a thing up on Facebook, maybe use a few local board game groups on Facebook to get things out there. I know that definitely I could put Game of Thrones, the board game, up on Facebook for £20 and someone to take it, which is going to get me a better deal than CEX is going to give me. Hey, yeah, sure. I don't yeah, know. I, I think you're right there, but it is, like you say, it is an interesting thing to see uh, a company like this moving into board games, buying and selling them, and thinking that there is profit in it for them to do that. Otherwise, mm-hmm. why would they bother setting this up? And yeah, I mean, it will be more exposure for the board game hobby, I guess. There's CEXs all over the place. So yeah, and any time I go into one, it's always reasonably busy. So it's more exposure for the hobby. Even if those products are secondhand, it's it's a bit more exposure for games, which is always good. Yeah, cool. Interesting thing to see. Now, legacy games have been sweeping the board game scene for the past couple of years and have been extremely successful. Announcement has been made of Zombie Kids Evolution. It's an upcoming uh, new version of the 2013 co-op game Zombie Kids, uh, published by Le Scorpion Mask, which is That's a being... good name. Yeah, which is being touted as the first legacy-style game created exclusively for kids. The recommended age being seven and up, because the theme of the game, you know, surprisingly, considering the name, is zombies. Uh, players were at school when zombies attack. And you basically got to eliminate zombies and keep the zombie reserve full. So just making sure they don't overrun the board, as is normal with a lot of zombie games. As the pl- as games goes on, the players get better. Complete missions using a trophy kind of sticker system, similar to kind of video game achievements. And will allow uh, envelopes to be opened containing new things. This, it says the game's going to play in... Well, a single game will play in about 15 to 20 minutes. And you know, it seems it seems good that uh, legacy games are not just being touted for the very serious. It's being moved. It not yeah. moved down. Move. Yeah, I mean, like, is is Machi Coral Legacy not the first legacy game for kids? I don't really know. I didn't. Yeah. Really call it kids. I, I no. I think this is the not first quite. legacy game specifically aimed at families. Aimed, I think. Yes. That's yeah. Difference. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Sorry. Sorry. When I, when I, yeah. When I say children, yeah. young, young children and their families. 
So folks, now it's time for a word from our sponsors, and our sponsors are in fact you, our fine listeners. Uh, we've had a Patreon up for a little while now, and uh, we've sort of been having a good think about what we'd like to give you uh, from that, from the, from the money you give us every month. Uh, and we've decided to do a few new things. So uh, we are going to be completely re-tiering for the Patreon. There is going to be a $1 level, $2 level, and a $5 level. We'll be getting rid of the $10 level completely. At the $1 tier, um, if you're giving us a dollar a month, what you'll get access to is Brainwaves 2nd Edition. So that is going to be an extended version of this cast, uh, which basically includes everything we talk about during the cast. Some stuff doesn't get into the cast, some sections we cut, uh, we cut some of our rambling chat and nonsense now and again as well, just to make the cast fit right. Uh, but you'll get access to the raw, uncut us, lucky you. So at the $2 level, you'll get everything from the $1 tier, and we will be putting out a new cast uh, at the $2 level. Uh, we'll be doing this once a month and um, it'll be Jamie, Sam and I just chatting about the games that we've played that month. What's Car Eye, um, what we've been playing, what we've been enjoying, what we've not been enjoying. Just a little bit more relaxed chat. It'll be a bit longer cast. It'll be about 45 minutes, maybe to, maybe an hour at most. And just, yeah, just sort of highlighting some things that we really like playing this month. The $5 level, um, we don't really have much else to really give you at that point. What we will do is we'll give you an executive producer credit on the show. You'll get a shout every single podcast. And over the course of the year, uh, as stuff sort of comes to us that we can uh, give out to patrons, like we've got a few bits of merch coming, that kind of thing, we'll be considering our $5 tier patrons first and getting in touch with you about what you might want out of that. We are currently $11 away from our first goal. Which is a t- which is $20 per month. Uh, that basically will pay for the Podbean hosting and our WordPress hosting. So basically, all the hosting for the, for the site and the podcast. And it'd be really good if we could get to that stage so the podcast is basically self sustaining. Uh, if you can afford to throw us a dollar or two a month, that'd be really good. Uh, by the time this podcast goes out, uh, I'll have changed all the tiers and all that. So all that will be really clear on the site, on the Patreon site. And I will be shouting about that on Twitter. Uh, on top of that, uh, we're going to be doing our first giveaway, so um, I'll be putting that out tonight, which is Monday the 8th of October. Uh, I'll be running over the next couple of weeks, and in time for Halloween, you can bag yourself uh, your very own copy of Escape the Dark Castle. Uh, it'll be my review copy, so it is lightly used. Um, yes, ooh, Escape the Dark Castle is fantastic, a game that sort of evokes the choose-your-own-adventure books, Steve Jackson, Liam Limston books of my youth, at least. Uh, I know Sam's played a bit. Sam's enjoyed it. Yeah, it's super easy to pick up, learn to play, and get going. Uh, very nicely, plays one to four people. It's just a super quick game as well, and it's yeah, the artwork's fantastic, and it's, yeah. it's good fun. Actually, I'm, I'm really, I've, I've backed for the big sort of collector's box. Oh, nice. And I'm really looking forward to that. That's starting up sometime in December. So yeah, you can win yourself your very own copy of that. And all you need to do to do that is uh, follow us on Twitter and retweet the tweet that will be pinned to the top of our page advertising the competition. If you can tag your friends in as well, that is very much appreciated. Uh, and then I will draw that uh, two weeks from today, which is the 22nd of October. Okay. So yeah, basically, yeah, just if you can help us out, uh, help us out with the cast, help fund us, we're really appreciate that we've got some other goals down the line but for now all we want to do is really just get to that $20 level where the podcast is basically sustaining itself anything you can give us is really appreciated in advance thank you very much
So guys, guys, I'm really excited. I mean, I, I know you did a lot of work in RPG Corner and um, the, the truck arrived yesterday with all the new stuff. So uh, yep, the truck arrived. Yeah, yeah, quite, quite quite a big one, like one of those long base sort of like transits. We only I got. In, I was coming today. I didn't see anything. Where, where we only this? got two Billy bookcases. Like, you see a truck arrive. Yeah. Oh no, I've expanded the corner. It's more of a sort of like section of the whole Baywood Studio now. Oh, I, 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 wow, I, got, I got really excited about it. So yeah, it's more like. Am I going to be sleeping on books again? Well, well, yeah, but you do that already, so. I didn't see there was any difference. That's fair enough. Anyway, come and yeah. see what I've got. Come and see what I've got. Okay, let's go. Look, just look through this minute. Oh, what's this? So what you're holding in your hands there is the new Android setting book for the Genesis system from Fancy Flight Games. Ooh. Kind of inevitable, really. The Genesis, they've been tanking their Genesis system since the start of the year, uh, putting out a few bits and pieces for that. Um, and this is going to be the Android setting book for that system, so cyberpunk adventures in the Android world. Worth noting and reminding our listeners that the Android IP is owned by Fantasy Flight Games. The fact that Netrunner ended recently was to do with a WotC licensing agreement for the Netrunner mechanics in game. Uh, they're nothing to do. They're nothing to do with Android. WotC being Wizards of the Coast. If you want to roleplay in the Netrunner world, this is the product for you. If that's a theme you've really enjoyed get on this i mean i'm not i haven't played the genesis systems at all so i'm not entirely sure whether this is going to be great or not um i've got the world of android book which was a, a sort of netrunner background book released and i'd really like to run a netrunner style game in something like blades in the dark or something like that i think it'd be a really good fit and there's a cyberpunk hack coming for for blades uh, but yeah it's good to see the good to see the book getting uh good to see the setting getting some more stuff for it and the book lo- looks yeah. really nice lo- looks gorgeous like lots of really nice art from the from the netrunner setting from the android netrunner setting um, sorry ian you're probably the person who would know this has there been any android rpgs in the past or is this the first this is the first one so the android setting kicked off with the android board game board game was, yeah i can't remember when early 2000s and then and the most play in that universe, I suppose, has been yeah. Netrunner. Yeah, the, the really. biggest pr- the biggest game for uh, Fancy Fight uh, since then has been putting Netrunner into that universe. They've had a couple of other games. Infl- they had a little game called Infiltration that was set in that universe as well. Mainframe as well. Mainframe was a, reha- a reskinning of another game that they had. Well, I'll, I'll stick it up on the shelf. Hold on. <clears throat> yeah. oh, there we go. See? Oh, get, get, me down, get me down those two games while you're up See, there. Oh, those two. Th- 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 those two. Okay, they're, what, what? Well, they're beside okay, each other now, okay. at least. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Right. Thanks to yeah, those two. So, uh, so uh, this is out of the loop and Symborum from uh, from Freelagen and um, I'm going to get this name wrong. Jernringen, uh, uh, which are two Swedish companies. Uh, we've mentioned Freelagen before. They are the uh, publishers of Tales from the Loop, Tales from the Flood, Coriolis, and Mutant Year Zero. And they have recently merged with Jernringen. I'm getting that name wrong. I do apologize. Um, they are the publishers of the Symborum game. Uh, they are now one house uh publishing under the free lagon or free league name um there's nothing to worry about for fans at all it's just uh, as we've mentioned on the podcast before companies merge now and again it's just one of those things that happens um and they do have some new games planned uh, there's no details on those yet but it, it just allows a uh, free lagon to reach more people reach more fans and um from for Symbarum to do the same which is really good nice yeah oh uh, if you can reach me uh, over that book sam yep he oh this, this one uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This one oh, is from the future go. or the past, depending on how you look at things. 
uh, but it's Judge Dredd in the worlds of 2000 AD. So this wow. ca- this Kickstarter is going great guns on, uh, at the moment. It originally asked for £7,500 and is currently on £107,000 and sees no sign of stopping. Uh, it is using the What is Old is New system, which is one I am not familiar with, designed by Ross Morrissey. Um, and they are going to be producing books for Judge Dredd and a lot of the sort of the properties within the 2000 AD books, including I think they've got Robot Wars in there. They've been talking about um, Strontium Dog. Yeah, Strontium Dog, Nemesis uh, was one mentioned. Uh, it's already written, like the core book's already written, so there's very little risk in backing it. Of course, it's already funded as well. Um, so you're going to um, the previous Kickstarters from this company have been really well run. The books have been out in a couple, two or three months after after launch because they write them they basically complete them before going to kickstar so yeah you've got very little risk there uh, if you want to know a lot about it i would thoroughly recommend the interview with ross morrissey that our friends at the smart party did um, uh, that's a really good insight into sort of the process uh, behind it and exactly what they're planning to produce down the line uh, and finally jamie if you can be careful of that one it's a bit tentacly a little bit technically. Oh, oh. Yeah, what, what, oh, what, what, watch, oh, watch the like numerous this. mouths I, I and strange like eyes. I, 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 don't, I don't like this at all. Oh, I don't like don't, this. Don't, oh. don't look it dire- directly in any of its 33 eyes. Oh, 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 oh. Where Where are you? I'm blind. Um. That's okay, I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. I can look uh, after it. It's uh, fine. Thank, uh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, so, uh, yeah, just, just announced today, uh, Sandy Peterson is producing a Cthulhu Mythos for 5th edition. Uh, so this includes information on the Elder Gods themselves, uh, new races to play as, loads of new monsters, backgrounds, etc. Everything you might expect from a big setting book for 5th for, for edition. If you want to bring the Cthulhu Mythos into your Dungeons & Dragons games, which I guess you might. I was about to say, 5th edi- yep. edition is 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons. Sandy Peterson is the man who is responsible for creating the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. In the first place, yeah. I mean, uh, at the moment, um, Chaosium actually uh, own the rights to the sort of producing the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game, but the mythos is like used by loads of people because it's basically open source. To I mean, we see a lot of Cthulhu games. We've talked about peak Cthulhu many times before. Um, Sam and I are great fans of the Arkham Horror LCG. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of Cthulhu about. But I definitely think this is something for people who... I think a lot of people are starting to get familiar with Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition, and I think people like it. The community's responded really well to it, and... I think this is just something for people who want a completely different theme but don't want to change systems. I know that changing systems for people can be a bit annoying. People like sticking with what they know, you know, and we all agree that 5th edition works really quite nicely. Yeah, I'm, ru- I'm, running a game really well. under- I'm running a game in the Underdark just now, so actually throwing in an occasional abomination might be quite good. Ooh, and this yeah. looks like a lot of content if you want to get into yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, apparently it's again it's already written uh, according to the kickstarter so there's very little risk in backing it and it's funded already so you you, you can back at the pdf level for not very much money and just get it it's 14 pounds like that yeah yeah. yeah. Well, uh, I think that's all. Uh, I think that's everything in here at the moment, guys. Uh, but you can see all the other books. I mean, we'll get to those eventually. Um, I think this this corner's shaping out really nicely. Well, it's more it's more a big room now. It's nice. But you know, yeah. we, I think we'll just call it RBT Corner. We can put that on the outside so that the interns don't come in here unexpectedly. Great. 
So this is the first question that we've had from a listener, and this is a friend of mine, a friend of the show, uh, Rich Stokes. Um, and we briefly touched on the concept of community games last cast, and that was something that um, I got from Rich, the idea being that most board games we would consider standalone games. You buy a copy of Agricola, you play it with your friends, excellent. There might be an expansion for it, that kind of thing, but it's a self-contained thing, and you don't need like a, a community around that game really to, to continue playing and enjoying it. Whereas something much more like X-Wing, um, um, you really need, when you're buying X-Wing, you're not necessarily buying an individual game, you're buying sort of the tools to engage with the wider X-Wing community. You go to tournaments, you go to casual play, you play with people a lot, and there's a big community around that. And so what we want to discuss is what, what, what's the difference between community games and standalone games, and why should you care as a consumer um, or as someone interested in board games, really? Uh, what do we think, guys, about community games versus standalone games? You explained it very succinctly when you said buying a game versus buying into tools to buy buy into a game. Yeah. Like you said, buy, buy Agricola, you are buying a copy of Agricola, which allow you to play yeah. the same game with X amount of people the same every time. If you buy X-Wing and you, buy, uh, you are buying ships, but only a small selection of ships that will be available, which will then be against other people who have their own selection of ships the way i see it is if you buy we're all saying agricola i'm gonna say it too yeah if you buy agricola you've bought agricola you can play it again and again it's all good i'd like to make very clear you buy i don't ex- like agricola <laughs> i'm not again. Sure either. Again, <laughs> i've never played it <laughs> um jimmy you'd, you'd love it it's a worker placement game anyway it's about um farming. hey I, I love my worker placement if you buy an X-Wing core set, I think the game is set up in a business model such as that it's very much assumed that that is not all you're going to buy. You're going to play. You're going to buy the X-Wing core set. You're going to play that. I mean, li- I mean, literally, the core set is not enough to build sides with. No, not at all. Yeah. And it's assumed that you buy the core set, you play that in an evening, and by the end of that evening, you've already ordered yeah. a Millennium Falcon, an X-wing. You've bought a few tie interceptors. You've you bought a nice and big you're game expanding your collection, etc. Yeah. yeah. Did you think those games should make it clear, clearer that they are part like you? That is what you're buying into. Like for instance, so for instance, one of the complaints I've seen against like the Arkham Horror LCG, which I think is a valid one, is that the core doesn't really make it clear that it's part of a bigger game world like you will want to buy expansions I'd give you that, that. Kind of thing yeah and, uh, and i think that's actually a reasonable uh, a reasonable criticism of it is that it doesn't really make that mm. very clear on the box like this core it's okay but the real meat is down the line basically like the real the real tasty stuff is, is later and you will need to buy more stuff and it doesn't make that very clear i don't think x-wing makes that very clear either probably not i think the the only thing that really does make that clear maybe less so with arkham horror because availability in different shops yeah. might be I different. Suppose with X-Wing, you've Definitely got lots of with, stuff around you, yeah. With X-Wing, when you go and buy it, shops basically don't just sell the core set. With Arkham Horror, there's a lot of there's a lot of bookshops lately that have started selling lots of board games. Yeah. And a few of them are selling the Arkham Horror core set. But I've never really seen any of the expansions or any of the scenario packs but with x-wing there's always a wall of yeah blackwells i was about to mention has that they've got like the cores but they've got like a literal corner of star wars miniatures legion armada and x-wing so you can very clearly see there's the core set and right next to it there's a wall of a wings b wings y wings x-wings and x-wings and y wings i remembered at this time and a bargain bin of star trek attack wing (laughs) 
and all your other factions, all your other things that are there. And then as a customer, I think you can make a very clear clear link to, okay, there's this, and then there's everything else for this game. Well, I fully agree with what you're saying there about Arkham Horror, that actually I think very often, unless it's going into a games shop, they don't have those expansions. And it's like, okay, what is this? Is that the game? Well, that seems great. Looks great. Go home. And then you get, I think you get a good experience out of the core set. Oh, yeah, me too. I think the core is quite good. But then, yeah, there is this. And now you can pay what is pretty much £100 per cycle, more or less. Yes, yeah, I'd agree with that. Well, yeah, it's, it's that shock thing as well. Like, you buy, you bought what you've bought one thing thinking it's a self-contained project product self-contained product and then it's that shock of like realizing that you haven't bought that or you've actually bought something else and that might in excite some people and it might really put off others i think it can be a little exploitative at times as well certainly with like original x-wing one of the ways they sort of fixed some ships was to release free uh, upgrade cards which were free uh, points wise um, but they would tend to put them into other products, and one in particular for the TIE Advance, was it, Sam? Yeah, yeah. Was, was in the Imperial Raider set, which Advance, was like a 50-quid yeah. ship, and that card was essential, basically, to making the TIE Advance It was more than work. 50 quid. I think you could get it for 50 quid now. I think retail price, the TIE Raider, is about 80, 90 Yeah, pounds. so that was, that was pretty ridiculous. That problem might be fixed now with the app for second edition? Possibly. 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 <laughs> We're we'll not sure. see the way that goes. Yeah. You know, we we haven't even hit wave two of second edition yet. Everything at the moment seems fine yeah. because everything's as they want it to be at that release date. Um, and I, I think that is a very... That example goes back to what we were saying last podcast about really fantasy flight and their lack of foresight in, in how they are to things and how they FAQ things. That actually they could just... They could do that in a lot more consumer-friendly ways, but they chose not yeah, to. Yeah, they could put out a know. PDF you could download and print out for the cards. Anything, really, you know. Whatever, you know. Um, but hey, that's that's that game, and that's how that's done. And no, I don't think that is explained to the community when you're buying into it, or new players, and to the extent of what this game yeah. is. In a sense, though, do you not feel that that's almost purposeful there? You know, that a company doesn't want to say to you... Yeah. Fantasy Flight want to be able to say, here's your X-Wing core set, £30, great game. They're not going to say, oh, by the way, you're going to spend an extra grand down, yeah. you know, in two years' well, time. It's, you're it's, to spend it's the same with Arkham as well. Like, like saying, oh, yeah, you need to buy like £300 worth of cards now. That's a <laughs> yeah. very bad way to sell a game to someone. Like I see, like I I see a lot up. around sort of Arkham Horror forums, that kind of thing. It's like, I bought the core, what should I do next? That's that's a hard, que and that's I, a hard question to And answer. I'd say to people, just buy, buy, in, buy in release... Um, if people are saying, "Oh, what what pack should I buy and stuff?" Just buy in in release order. I'd buy say. in release order. Well, you can like if there's a if there's a new big core coming up, you can just get on board with that. Because one of the nice things about the Arkham Horror LCG is that you only ever need the core and the current expansion. Yes. Um, whatever that is, because um, yeah. use LU sets out of the core. Though in the Forgotten Age, certainly they're starting to use less and less out of the core, which just for more That's variety. Good to see. I like that. More variety, yeah. I guess. Um. But yeah, so you only ever need like the core set to buy into any of the expansions at all. And you can buy individual packs and play them as standalone scenarios. I don't play that way, but you can. Uh, I, don't th I don't think you're getting the best out of the game like that. Um, but yeah, you can. You certainly can buy that way. But yeah, it's, ju it's just... I think it's companies just need to make sure that people understand, especially as games, like we were talking about, as games get into bookshops, as games get into the wider world, and they're in sort of general retail where maybe the people that sell them don't have that specialist knowledge of exactly what's going on with that game. 
uh, and and people are uh, people are just basically getting a shock a sticker shock effectively i'd say looking at other big community games um going to talk about magic the gathering pokemon even things like Yu-Gi-Oh and things you very actually i'd say you rarely see corsets or that kind of product on sale that actually most of the time it's just boosters you know i think that's a very obvious this is a game that you have to buy multiple products for you have to keep coming back to stay relevant and stay in the game and that's very much a given um whether they say that or not you know that i think pretty much a lot of people around gaming yeah people know that those kind of collectible card games exist yeah you want to say something to Hi there. Um, <laughs> I yeah, I've uh, sorry, I've been quiet for a while because I don't engage a lot with this. It's just I was just wondering on the back of Arkham Horror LCG packs or X-wing ships, do they say like they say on, for example, board game expansions? This is an expansion. Yes, I believe they do. That was that was something I just wanted to clear right up. If that is on the back, you know, maybe it's something that. You know, even just a wee thing on the front and just kind of go like a little sticker says you'll need it to play. Because, as, as you said, people aren't very sure. I think maybe in some cases it could be better advertised. At the same point, though, I think if you're picking up an expansion, what is an expansion from your sh- the shelf, not reading the box, not flipping it over to see what it is and going straight to the counter and buying it. Bit of your own fault. What are you, what, what are you doing? Yeah, well, I, mean, I think basically what we're saying is that like, w- when you're looking at games with a lot of expansions, a, a model that revolves around basically community play, you need to be aware that you can buy that game and just play it with like a couple of friends, but you're not really ever going to get the best out of it. You really want to engage with that community, go out to clubs, find local players. So get out there, get out in those communities, but just be aware when you're buying into those games that you might get a bit of sticker shock after the initial purchase because you are going to need to sort of keep buying stuff if you want to keep playing that game and get involved in it. I think that's about all we have time for this week on Braveways, but just before we leave, I'll have a quick update on our SM preview from last week. The SM preview on BGT is now up to 1066 tiles. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, 1066 tiles, and there's probably going to be more before the end of the month. That is quite an incredible amount of games. Bloody hell. Yes, indeed. Bloody hell. I'd just like to give a shout out to our latest patron, David Dolver. You can check out his excellent page, Paint Oaf, on Facebook. He's a very good miniatures painter, and also my brother-in-law, so do go and uh, give his page a like, and and have a look at his work it's rather excellent thanks very much for listening folks if you've liked anything we've talked about tonight you will find links to inf- more information on those in the show notes and the best way to help us out is to share the podcast around and drop us a review and a rain on itunes if you are of a fruit-based device persuasion uh, you can also follow us on twitter at the giant brain instagram giant brain uk facebook the giant brain our website is giantbrain.co.uk and you can email us at giantbrainuk at gmail.com and don't forget we really are wanting to interact with you guys let us know what you like about the show what you don't and please give us ideas for future brainstorm topics we've already got a couple from um a couple of the people on our facebook page and we'd really like to hear from you what do you want us to what do you want to hear us discuss in the future thanks very much 